Hello and welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson alongside Dr. R.B. Maynard, verse-by-verse edition Grace Point Daily Podcast. We exist to bring you daily encouragement for your daily walk with Christ. I know, I know, I know. We're uh, inconsistent at times because that's we're not full-time paid people. You know what I'm saying, Dr. R.B. Maynard? Right. If they would pay us enough, maybe we'd right. be more but, full-time. Uh, so anyway, I always feel discouraged about that because it's like I, I do want to be more consistent. But just at just life, you know, we got mm-hmm. jobs and kids and blah, blah, blah. And, and myself, it's been a couple weeks, but I had my yeah. big... Uh, I rode my bike mm-hmm. across Missouri, 240 miles of Katy Trail. That was a lot of fun. But that ate up a lot of time. So you got to pick and choose in life right, here and there. Right. But uh, this is what we do. We get into the word, go verse by verse. And I can't recommend enough that in today's age, you should always be in the word. But uh, I think it's yes. just, I'm trying to, like I myself, I'm trying to be more <laughs> biblical. I sound weird when I say that because it's like, well, have you not been biblical in your yeah, entire Christianity? You but it's like, mm-hmm. we really got, it just, I was talking to one of our associate pastors, our youth guy, and talking about preaching a little bit because he's a newer guy. And I just said, you know, just just preach the word. I'm trying, I'm trying to preach the right. word more and more right. in, instead of trying to be cool and cute and mm-hmm. oh what's the i gotta think of a really cool title and right. oh what's something really just preach the word it's it's sufficient and mm-hmm. it is beautiful and uh like for one thing i'm just trying to go a little bit more through books not quite verse by verse uh in my preaching right now but just going through some books and right. as you get into it it just really is wow the, the word is so powerful when you study it and contextually things that were happening then that gave it its meaning but also then how that meaning also transcends to right. us in 2021. You know, right. I'm in the book of Galatians right now uh, doing some preaching. But as I really dive into that, you just realize how vital that word was for the people of the day and what Paul was communicating uh, to, to the church at the time and how necessary it was. But then all of that stuff he said is supernatural in that is completely relevant towards today. And, uh, you know, just interesting. I haven't munching on this thought. I'm like, I wonder what half these writers, biblical writers, would say to us today, you know, if they stepped right. into our culture and had to be the right. prophetic voice, you know, what they, Paul would be like, you guys are doing this so wrong in the church. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, but we thinking. are today hopping into the new Testament. That's yep. Is that right? Yep. We have been in first Kings or second Kings, but uh, now we are going to go new Testament. So from old Testament to new Testament. Yes. Yes. Been a little while since we were, since we podcasted and we were somewhere in the middle of, of uh, second Kings and I've moved on with my, Sunday school class into the New Testament. Most of everything I've done has been Old Testament, and so uh, like, really, we're so bored of the Old Testament. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> but, but you know, it's been amazing how we talk about things being relevant, and how you go through the Old Testament, and it really does tell you that the the world we live in today is not that much different. Yeah, you know, there's always been political corruption and and people being murdered for political gain and mm-hmm. all of those kind of, I mean, really, well, Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. yeah. And all these things we look at, there's been plagues before, you know, yeah. there's been all these controversies and, and, and mandates. I mean, there was things in the old Testament that, Oh, you can't do this and you can't go there. And if you got leprosy, you know, you're outside mm-hmm. because you're contagious and, I mean, all those kinds of things. So really, I mean, for all yeah. we worry and fret today, I don't know that anything is really new. It's just coming back around again. Yeah. Not to so. digress, too. I think that's when it comes to end time stuff. 
I never get too, too crazy about the end time stuff. You mm-hmm. know, Cause like, this is the year he's coming. Right. I, I want it to be, but you know, but, but look at the, you know, Bible says, look at the sign of the times and the world's going to get worse. And right. well, you know, I mean, imagine what people thought world war one. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, mm-hmm. look at world war two or, you know, et cetera. Right. Right. Those kind of things. So, right. So, so anyway, we uh, started in New Testament, but really it's it's kind of uh, titling it the life of Christ. So it's not necessarily just starting with uh, Matthew chapter 1. Uh, I have a, if, if you've got one, it's a great thing, but a chronological Bible. Yeah. And so. That's a fun way to read. I mm-hmm. encourage anyone, if you've never done that before and you try to read through the Bible every year, something chronological is will blow your mind. Right, right. That's why For so many times. Time. They think something's controversial, but really it's like, no, that happened before this, mm-hmm. you know. It's like, well, how come that person didn't recognize that person? Well, it's because that chapter came before the other chapter, you know. Yep. So so anyway, with with the life of Christ, it's one of those things that that I I love because our whole um our whole Christianity is based on the life of Christ. I mean, his mm-hmm. teachings. I mean, how many times did he say, You have heard you know, in other words, the law or whatever said this, but now I tell you a new thing. You know, this is the way it should be done. And so, you know, he, he again, he wasn't a lawbreaker. He came to fulfill the law, but he changed a lot of things. And, and those are the things we need to look at, not back in the Old Testament and, well, it said you can't do this and you can't do that because he changed some of those things. He has the authority to do that. Uh-huh. Yeah. We think, well, we can't just change God's laws. No, we can't, but... God can change what yeah. he, God doesn't change, but he does change the way he does things right. <laughs> at, at different times. And so Jesus being God, Jesus being right. the word, right. In the <laughs> beginning was the word. So, so anyway, um, this probably is a little more set up than the actual verse by verse, but with the, uh, with the gospels, there's a, a thing called the synoptic gospels. And those are, <clears throat> excuse me, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Mm-hmm. And the reason they're called synoptic is is they complement each other. They're all part of the same story. So when you start really reading about Christ, it's like I say, synoptic, or if you start reading in order of things, you'll read a little bit of Luke, and then you'll read a little Matthew, and you'll skip back to Mark, and it, it jumps around. And part of the issue with all of that was or the reason it's an issue to us is if you were the kind of person who who didn't just read over things and accept them. So you're you're looking at it like, well, wait a minute, this guy said this, and and how do how, why why are they all included when they kind of say the same thing? Because some of the stories are repeated with a little bit different take on it, yep. you know, and people that argue that. Well, the Bible the Bible contradicts itself. Well, it doesn't contradict it itself. It's just the scenario. It's if if you and I both heard some lengthy story from someone and then we retold it, there would be some variation to yeah. it. It's not a lie. It's not, but just the way we tell it or or whatever. And so that's what's mm-hmm. happened with the synoptic gospels. The only reason John is not included as part of the synoptics is because. John kind of stands on its own. It doesn't look like it's referencing um, anything else. And so um, they, 
I had a chart, and you can't really see this, but... We um, make the mistake of we've been trained specifically as Americans to read a book from front to back. Right, right. And then we go with that assumption when we read the Bible. Right, that it was and, all and in that order. It's not mm-hmm. like that. So. Right. Well, and people have to remember that there was no chapters and verses and yep. stuff in the Bible. It was written as a book, not a not chapter and verses. That's only added so we can find something easier. Mm-hmm. So... Um, but uh, if if you could see this chart, it has to do with um, they believe it was it was Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but they also believe there was another source, and they don't know what that source was, but they believe all three of them used the same source. So if you read, if you could look at this, I'll try to explain it a little bit. But but Matthew drew from uh, from what he knew, from what Mark knew and this other source. Luke drew from Luke and what Mark had and this other source, this Q, they call it Q, which just means source, in other words. And so these guys were drawing off of each other. And part of that is with the the chronology of what they did, they all told a lot of the same stories, and they told them in the same order, even though they didn't happen in that order. So – you know, maybe Jesus did this certain thing over here, and then the next day he did this, and the next day he did that. All three of them may have uh, seen it a different perspective or whatever, but they all told it in the same order, even though it didn't happen in the same order. And so they had to have been reading each other's work and drawing off of that and then adding the things that they saw that were different. So that's why it's like, well, how can they all tell kind of different stories? It's because they drew off of each other. A lot mm-hmm. of their stories, that's the reason a lot of them are the same. It's the reason they have some of the same um, uh, descriptions of the way things happen. But um, it says, uh, there was a thing that said five signs that they used each other as sources. There was common material. There was verbal agreement. Uh, they all three had many of the same words and phrases so, you know, you and I, again, if we were telling a story, I would tell it with uh, whatever uh, the number of words I have in my vocabulary, yeah. different words that you use. It's going to be the same story, but it's going to be some different wording. But, but um, the healing of the paralyzed man, eating with the sinners and tax collectors, question about fasting, healing on the Sabbath, paying taxes to Caesar, marriage of the resurrection, who's the Messiah or whose son is Messiah, the warning against teachers of the law, all of those things were addressed uh, in that order, even though they didn't necessarily happen in that order. And so um, there were uh, additions to the Old Testament quotes that all three make. In other words, they would say, uh, it says this in the Old Testament, but then they would add like their take on that. And so all of them kind of did that same thing, uh, same quotes, same examples, and so uh, you know we don't need to beat this thing to death, but you have to look at these books as if they they do intermingle, and so mm-hmm. that's why it it is uh, good that you can put it in chronological order because then you get not only one guy's take on it, but the other guy's take on the same story instead of going to a whole other book and yeah. starting over, and then it's like, well, wait a minute, didn't we just read? Um, about that story and so anyway there's a lot of they call it a synoptic problem it's not a a problem per se it's just there's all kinds of different takes on 
um, well, this was probably the reason for that. And no, this was probably the reason for that. It doesn't really matter to us what the reason is. It just helps us to put it in perspective that these guys were, uh, were all, uh, they all had the same purpose, I guess, mm-hmm. the writers. Their purpose was to tell about Christ and what he did, uh, his birth, his death, his resurrection, his life. I mean, all of these things that were involved there, they all told the story. And again, John does have some of the stories, but it, the reason it stands alone, they don't believe that John pulled from the others. He just told what he saw. He told what, what he was inspired to tell, but he wasn't necessarily looking at the other sources and you know working. And, and when we talk about other sources, they don't, they're not saying, okay, there, here's this other book that all three of these guys probably used. We know, and a lot of people don't realize that, there were other books that were part of the Bible years ago. Now, I've tried to look and see, okay, when did we finally um, come down to the 66 books that we have right now mm-hmm. that we call the Holy Bible? Yeah. And I, I never did find a, a definite year that that happened, in other words, mm-hmm. but Prior to that, there wasn't were, it the Council of Nicaea. Yeah, wasn't I think the, I, I, you read it. Yeah, it kind of sounds like that, but then sometimes you read some more, and it's like, no, it was there was these other things prior to that, and so mm-hmm. I, anyway, I'm not really sure. I mean, you can read all kinds of things about that, but um, but the other sources, and you know, I, I had them all written out on my uh, board in the classroom one day. We don't. We don't use those sources, but they were just eliminated because maybe there was just a couple of things that didn't line up, or um, you know there was the Maccabe- Maccabeans and mm-hmm. and um, oh gosh I can't even, there's an Nephi apostle. like or yeah. no is that am I talking Mormon a Book of Mormon um, the Apocrypha but like right, the Apocrypha right yeah that's which, uh, the Catholic Bible will contain that right, I right. Had a Bible with that one I never really read it but yeah, yeah some I have of those a, books that. I have a Bible at home that has the Apocrypha in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got the, the full Bible yeah. and then all of the Apocrypha. So, in other words, there's these other sources. There's nothing wrong with looking at those other sources, but when when um, whatever the great scholars and the rabbis uh, came together, and, and again, we believe it was under the inspiration. We're not talking about, well, I don't like this, so let's yeah. get rid of this book. But what they would do, some of those books were either uh, repetitive, so it was like, well, we don't need another book that says the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, or some of them were there was minor differences, but just enough that it wasn't included because that book would be huge if you had the Bible and all of the other books that were part of the Bible at one time. Yeah, what they considered. So, and then there are, there are places in the Bible where uh, those books are referenced. Now, it doesn't say according to the book of whatever, <laughs> right? but it will say something there that's a direct quote from one of these outside sources. So there's nothing wrong. It, it's kind of like one time the, um, uh, the um, Jehovah's Witness came to my house. Okay. And, I mean, I let them in, talked to mm-hmm. them, you know. and Well, they wanted to leave me a copy of the Bible. And it was a testament, you know, a small 
well, they wanted to leave me a copy of that. And I said, sure, I'll, you know. And I said, w- would you read this and, and we'll come back, you know, like in a month or whatever. Well, I didn't read it cover to cover, but I did read some of it. And it, the, the, I shouldn't call it a trick, I guess, but it kind of is. There's enough of the same thing as our Bible to make it look legitimate. Okay. Yeah. But then all of a sudden you run across, well, the Book of Mormon is a little bit like that too. Sure. Yep. There's enough of the scripture to make it look scriptural. And then all of a sudden something pops up and it's like, man, I never, I didn't see mm-hmm. that in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Joseph yeah. Smith and things like that. And I, I remember a girl one time showing me the Bible and her Mormon Bible. And it said, the age of accountability for a child is eight years old. Well, we don't, we talk about, the age of accountability, we yeah. that's one of our phrases, when a child is able to make their own decisions. But we don't put an age on that. It has to do with maturity, with yeah. upbringing, you know, were, were they taught early? I mean, all those kind of things. But their book just said, so when she came back, uh, she said, I kind of threw her for a loop a little bit because she said, well, did you find anything you disagree with? And I said, well, I didn't know I was supposed to be looking for anything to disagree with. I thought I was looking for the things I agree with. And I said, most <laughs> of it I agree with, you know, uh-huh. so she didn't really know how to respond to that. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, this whole thing of outside sources and a lot of people, a lot of, uh, pastors and people who study will quote, uh, Josephus. Right. Yep. Well, that, that's he wasn't one. part of the Bible, but he was what they believe, what we, I guess would believe is he's the most accurate historian. Mm-hmm. And so you wouldn't use his writings as a way to live life if it contradicted the word, our word. Sure. So our inspiration of the Bible just has to do with, I can read other sources. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a lady, you remember, that came to church here. She got mad if you ever read anything that wasn't a scripture. Then she was upset because yeah. you shouldn't be using other books. Well, there's nothing wrong with that if that book is <laughs> yeah is explaining you know what the bible says or something as long as it doesn't contradict yeah the bible right, right and sometimes i like to read what contradicts the bible i like to see what yeah why did why would you think that well this is why they think that sure i think a big example i have is there's a a, a hugely popular author mark uh, author mark batterson mm-hmm. he is an assumes god guy which is the movement we're a part of but he uh, wrote a book called the circle maker yeah and his <laughs> primary illustration was about uh, it was, it was kind of like a prophet who existed if i'm getting this right between new testament and old testament named hofni i think or something yeah, yeah. but he you know goes out and he says, you know, they had a severe drought and he goes out and he puts a circle in the sand and says, I'm going to stand in this circle and I'm going to pray until mm-hmm. it rains, you know, mm-hmm. and story goes, then it came and it rained. And well, what was Mark Batterson just using that as a story to, to complement with a, a, a truth that's already validated right. in the word of God, the Bible, mm-hmm. which is the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Mm-hmm. So, was he, you know, so some people, haters, mm-hmm. you know, we were like, well, see, he's getting outside of the Bible. He's not even using Bible, mm-hmm. you know, he's getting anti-biblical with these references. Like, no, I'm, you, to your point, 
he, I'm not trying to get away from the Bible. I'm mm-hmm. just using this as just an example or illustration right, right. to validate what the Bible says to be true. So. Right, right. Well, many times I've, I've used, when we were talking about the kings and, uh, you know, how they came to power and how they were either honored or they were disrespected or they sinned worse. You know, one of our phrases during the study of kings was, he was worse than any other king before him. And I've used many of the examples of the church today, and we don't call you King Jeremiah mm-hmm. at the church, but it was the same principle. So I would use that as a principle of, you know, gathering at the parking lot and waiting for the the king or the priest, you know, to come out and bless the people or yeah. something like that to try to bring things to modern day because a lot of times if you don't understand how it happened, it makes no sense when you read through. So I would like to be called father. Father, you know. (laughs) Well, you are my son now. You know, (laughs) after Sunday, what was I didn't uh, in our local parade? I heard there was. I won't even mention the movement because I don't remember which one it was, but was one of the. I think more of a priestly viewed themselves as priests in the parade. That was a lot of robes, and some of my friends that were pastors said it kind of looked a little bit awkward or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I don't remember seeing that part of it. I mean, the whole concept is one day I want to be on a big chair and all the deacons carry me in the parade. Right. I have robes on, and I essentially just mm-hmm. wave my blessing over mm-hmm. Carthage. We'll we'll work on that yeah. next year. Now, <laughs> I have to get some younger deacons. Now we have no. to say this is a joke. Yeah, we need to make sure that right. people understand because we don't want somebody to accuse yeah. us of. So anyway, well, we'll get a few verses. That's, I mean, it's good point. I mean, that's very. And what we're saying in this should not. It shouldn't shake your faith. It shouldn't right. be like, oh my right. goodness, you know, like the the Bible is ir- irrelevant and not true. Or, you know, because. Mm-hmm. A lot of people need to, it's a very, in a sense, simple thing that we forget when we're reading this Bible, you know, I, mm-hmm. context, you know, again, it's just kind of saying, remember this word we're reading is supernatural. Right. It is the word of God. Right. It, it's proven to be true through multiple authors. You know, that's all valid, but you know, just keep in mind when you're reading this that, Hey, that how it came to fruition mm-hmm. through these stories and in, in actual people. And then it, you know, it didn't just pop into, mm-hmm. you know, we aren't the Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. It didn't magically pop up. This Bible that we read right. didn't just magically pop up in, a, in the ground in gold tablets. Mm-hmm. That's not, you know, mm-hmm. it came together through the lives, right. life of Christ. And, you know, specifically the Gospels came through the disciples watching right. the life of Christ. And then in turn, they wrote down these stories right. uh, to validate what they saw with their eyes and mm-hmm. knew to be true. And then it came, you know, together, mm-hmm. you know, which would later come into this Bible that we have now. And and super, there's no contradictions. It's all, it's you know, point being, it's not contradicting itself. Right. But, right. you know, no, when we talk about, you know, remember, no chapters, no verses, these mm-hmm. things added later on. None of those things uh, disregard right. what is the truth of the Bible. But it's just to, good to kind of remember that and to know that. Right. I, I just... And we all forget it sometimes because the Bible just sits on the shelf or it sits on our desk, and and yeah, we pick it up and and read. And I have to, especially as a as a uh, teacher. I know the other day you were talking about, uh, you know, that uh, some people are better teachers and some people are better preachers. And I think the the danger in the teaching sometimes is you you can forget, Lord, uh, inspire me. Or speak to me, make make sure I'm uh, telling something uh, uh, that's a spiritual truth that's going to help somebody, and you can get caught up in just 
facts and figures and things like that as a teacher, and and you don't have as much. Well, one person described it one time. They said a a, pra, a pastor or a preacher is inspirational, and a teacher is educational. It's facts and information, mm-hmm. not so yeah. much inspiration. But I have to remember when I'm reading it in myself. Now I think when I teach, there's some inspiration because it's about lifestyle and how this applies to us. So, so yes, there's some inspiration. But I'm talking about me personally. Mm-hmm. As I study, sometimes I have to stop and say, "Now, Lord, you know, speak to me and remind me this. This is Your Word. I'm not just gathering a bunch of facts to be able to." to mm-hmm. spill out and, and teach somebody, and they'll say, oh, I didn't know that. I mean, yeah, I love to teach something that maybe somebody didn't know. I mean, that's always yeah. a, kind of a cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, we have, to, we have to remember what the Bible really is. Yeah. I mean, that these things are, people say, well, I wish the Lord would speak to me. Mm-hmm. You know, well, we forget that this <laughs> is. Yes. I mean, through right. men, but this is God right. speaking to, I mean, can you imagine the, the master of the universe, <laughs> yeah. but I mean that that the God who created this world would want to have a book yeah. that I could see His written words. I mean, He didn't write them, but through inspiration, somebody's hand wrote that. But that was His message that He yeah. cared enough about me to write a a book and write it down, or mm-hmm. many books. But you know what I mean. Yep. to have that Bible, and that it stood the test of time. Yep. I mean, if if it wasn't so uh, great and inspirational, then why during, and I'm sure at some times, I mean, we know that people have tried to burn Bibles and mm-hmm. get rid of but it just keeps withstanding the test of time from all yeah. of these years, and it's still there, and nobody has succeeded anyway in trying to add something to it. Now, we have Mormon and different ones who have changed some scripture, who have added another book or whatever, but that's not been worldwide accepted. That's been accepted by that particular denomination or church, Mm -hmm. not by the world in general, so that this book has stood the test of time without anybody successfully being able to, to say, this book needs to be taken out because these things never happened. Or it's just, it, it, it's an amazing thing, really, when you think about the Bible. And I even think, you know, from that Jewish perspective, that uh, if, if you have a Bible and you have a stack of books, you are not even supposed to put another book on top of the Bible uh, yeah. to carry it. Yeah. You know, you're never supposed to lay your Bible on the floor. I've done that you before. Know. I mean, in sin. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, honestly, we it, right. we have such easy access that yep. it's easy to to disrespect it in mm-hmm. a sense. Now, there's nothing I like more than a torn up Bible that's been torn up because of use. Yeah. You know, but there's torn up Bibles just by abuse and things getting thrown around, and so so anyway, we didn't really get to verse yeah. by verse today, but just kind of a setup. We're laying that, the groundwork, so. but it's it just it, to reiterate to those of you as we're trying to encourage you and, and frankly encourage ourselves to stay in the word and the beauty of its relevancy. I mean, it, it's not a great comp or example, but we can think of silly things and think about 
our church, I think about churches, uh, the decor, decoration carpet. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how fast and irrelevant and old you right. know, a building can be. But the, the timelessness of God's word, that it continues to reiterate itself and speak to every generation mm-hmm. after generation after generation and how applicable the truths are over and over and over and over again. You know, right, right. I'm on uh, thoughts and spinning around in my brain, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm munching on the thought of legalism a lot, a lot lately mm-hmm. because I'm in Galatians and, uh, you know, Paul just, you know, legalism being with circumcision and Jewish law, mm-hmm. but I think about the cultures of, uh, of Christianity today, how legalistic we can be right. and lay down rules and all these things that we have to do to be, accepted with God, but the flip side of grace, I think now of our culture, think of how we've abused the grace of God. We're now mm-hmm. welcoming so much sin in a lot of things that what, what the, the Bible seemingly says is intolerable in the sight of God, but now it's like we're using the grace pass right. Right. to just welcome them all into the life of the church and, the dev- in my opinion, the devastation, corruption, mm-hmm. pollution of spiritual thinking that's bringing in and you know, the Bible is speaking to that just as well. And so it is completely, you know, we read this book again, that uh, example I give is like, we read this book of uh, Paul's writings. I don't believe for a second, he ever thought it would make it to 20 to 21, right, his, right. his letters, but you can read the letter of this man that was to a time and a place and a church mm-hmm. and a people and, and churches. But yet those words are so powerful. They transcend, right? generations later to be like, whoa, this is exactly what right. we're experiencing right now. That's the power of God's word. Well, and I just, I think along with that goes the importance of, of church of, and I'm talking about coming to the church building. I'm talking about, um, you know, and I know there's people listening online and listening to other pastors and those kind of things, or uh, the importance of, of Sunday school or anything. I don't know everything, but I, I will spend the time. I, I feel like that's God's gifting in in my life, and so I don't. You know, people don't need to come because I'm so knowledgeable about everything, and I'm a Bible scholar, or you're some kind of Bible scholar because you're a preacher or whatever. But people need because if if you've ever said that part of the Bible doesn't mean anything to me, then you've missed it because I believe. Every part of it, mm-hmm. you know, you can read the Old Testament, some bizarre story <laughs> that it's like, well, what does that have to do with me? Maybe that particular time and place it doesn't, but when you combine that with something that happened in the New Testament and you look back and say, hey, and we're going to be talking a lot about that when we talk about the New Testament, lots of prophecy, lots of things back in that Old Testament that seem irrelevant, and then they, they were fulfilled Mm-hmm. And it it just makes it all more real, and and sometimes we need somebody to explain something to us, and that's the importance of of Sunday school. You may not have the time or the resources to to study some things, so come and let me. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I'm not a scholar, but let me help. Let's talk about it. Come to church. Let's let the pastor, you know, help to explain some things and to make things relevant where. Maybe that thing that you thought was unimportant didn't mean anything to you. Maybe it will, you know, but it's probably not going to if you just keep reading over the same stories and saying, I don't see how this is relevant to me. Help me 
help you. Yes. There you, you go. Know? I mean, just like the poster back there, Dr. R.B. Maynard, he uh-huh. wants just like he's put Jordan's putting his arms around LeBron and Kobe right, there. Right. Dr. R.B. wants to put his arms around you. There you go. Let me help you. We there can you do go. this together, this journey yep. of faith together. Yes. Where would you like them to read? Start reading in the gospel. Um, Luke chapter one. Is where okay. we're going to go first. All right. So if you're on the Grace Point Daily Team squad, you want to get in the word with us, head into Luke there, and we're going to get into that next time. Thanks for joining us.